Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our happy environmental news. Okay, so this is coming at to, at you from only one. Who to guess? Who to guess? Please send us t-shirts. <laughs> um, so this says the U.S. is finally getting its first solar canal system. Oh, which I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't either, <laughs> but I like solar. Yeah, and I like canals. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> So it says California will soon be the first U.S. state to implement a solar canal system. Um, A study by UC Merced estimates that covering California's 6,437 kilometers of canals with solar panels could save 63 billion gallons of water and power the entire city of L.A. for 10 months out of the year. Wow. Which, like, why are we doing this? And L.A. is giant. Giant. And they use a lot of power. There's too many people. There's too many. (laughs) Too many lights. Wow. What a good one. Oh. Cool. For you, California. Good job, California. Okay, so what are we talking about? We're still in our month of best friends. Yeah, we are. We just live our lives in the world of best friends. I know, right? Um, So this one is a classic that everybody thinks they know about. (laughs) But I have cool information that makes it you don't know what you know. So if if you hear the words clownfish and anemone, you're probably like, I know about this. Don't turn it off because you don't know everything. (laughs) All I'm saying. Um, but so I did the clownfish and you did the anemone and I know you said that anemones aren't that excited, exciting. So do you want to, or excited, (laughs) do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, so yeah, sea anemones, we all know what they are. Yes. Um, they are a group of predatory marine invertebrates, which I did not know that they were predatory. I found that out in my research. Oh, um, because of their colorful appearance, they are named after the anemone, a terrestrial flowering plant which i also didn't know what yeah it's a plant it's a sea anemone versus an anemone wow which is a plant on land huh i know there you go this is interesting we haven't even started to explore like weird land animals because we're the mermaids yeah we, I, man can you imagine when that day comes yes how crazy this we'll is have been doing this for like 20 years yeah <laughs> finally run out of marine stuff to talk about and <laughs> crawl on land <laughs> So tune in in 50 years to hear about the anemone. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, sea anemones are related to corals, jellyfish, um, tube-dwelling anemones, and hydra, which is a super cool thing I want to do an episode on all by itself. I know. You showed me a picture of one, and they are weird. They're so weird. look it up, guys. Yeah, yeah. Or don't and just wait for the episode. Yeah, it'll be a good one. <laughs> Um, unlike jellyfish, though, sea anemones do not have a medusa stage, which is their reproductive stage. Oh, I know. Fun, How do they snapple fun fact reproduce? I'm going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> so, but first though, sea anemones are found in both deep oceans and shallow coastal waters around the world. Um, the greatest diversity is in the tropics, but there are many species adapted to relatively cold waters. I don't think I've seen an anemone here. I don't think I have either. I have in Fiji. I have in 
Moria. Like I have in the Pacific, but yeah. I don't think I've seen one around Hawaii. Not in Hawaii. Mm-mm. It's weird. That is weird. I know. Because it says it's literally everywhere, especially in the tropics. I've seen them at the Waikiki Aquarium. Yep. Aquarium. Uh, Emo Nemo. <laughs> I love Emo Nemo. He's adorable. He has more followers than we do, I, I think, on Instagram. He's <laughs> percent. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> um let's see uh okay the majority of sea anemones cling onto rocks shells or submerged timber often hiding in cracks under seaweed but some can burrow into sand and a few are even pelagic wow i know these things are everywhere and (laughs) just not here i don't know why (laughs) um a typical sea anemone is a single polyp attached to a hard surface by its base which is very similar to corals yeah um and jellyfish like i said they're all kind of related um, some, like I said, float near the surface of the water, but the polyp has a columnar trunk topped with an oral disc at the ring of the tentacles in like a central mouth. So what you think of an anemone, like that's what most of them look like. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the tentacles can be retracted inside the body, which I didn't know, and it can be expanded to catch passing prey. Um, they are armed with, um, nitocytes, which are the stinging cells um which finding nemo taught us <laughs> um in many species additional nourishment comes from a symbiotic relationship with green algae that live within the cells so they have a lot of besties oh yeah some species of anemone live in associate association with clownfish hermit crabs small fish or other animals to their mutual benefit um okay here we go the breeding so they liberate sperm quote okay <laughs> liberating sperm and eggs through the mouth their mouth into the sea and the resulting fertilized eggs developed into planula larvae which after being um like plankton for a while settle on the seabed and develop directly into juvenile polyps so they both release sperm and eggs like just one will yep. release both so they're like hermaphroditic yeah, yeah okay and then all of them mix together in the water column and create more yep okay I yeah see. Um, the other way they do it is asexually by breaking in half or into smaller pe- pieces, which regenerate. Like a starfish. Exactly. But that's weird. They're not related to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that individual will grow exactly the same as the one that it broke off of. Aww. Like all the markings and stuff will be the it's same. It's a clone. I know. Okay. It's cute. Um, they're sometimes kept in reef aquariums. Of course, the global trade in marine ornaments for this purpose is expanding and threatens the sea anemone populations in some areas. Mm. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Which might be why we don't see them here. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then the symbiosis between the clownfish and the anemone, which you'll talk a little bit about too, um, is achieved in a variety of ways, including a mutual protection from predators an exchange of nutrients and the clownfish's tolerance of the anemone's stinging cells. Yes. Which is just so cute. I love that scene in Finding Nemo where he like brushes. Yeah. Like, Go brush. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah. So the anemone provides the clownfish with protection and shelter while the clownfish provides things that you're going to talk about. Mm. And let's see. Oh, he has another um, relationship with hermit crabs and... Um, boxing crabs so with hermit crabs the anemones actually live on the shell of the crab and then in the boxing crabs they are carried in the claws oh! they like <laughs> I know. these are my my pocket my pocket pal <laughs> right. 
cute. Just like just oh, hold them. I've got my anemone here. Oh, <laughs> maybe we should do them as well because that's adorable. That's pretty cute. Like crab month. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, crabs, crabs. So yeah, that's all I have on anemones. They're not like super exciting, but kind of cool. Well, Learn some new things. I have a super exciting thing that the clownfish does for you that I will tell you right after this break. Blake and Chelsea here. Want to bring the magic of Save the Mermaids into everyday life? If you're visiting the island of Oahu, then come diving with us. I am a PADI certified mermaid instructor and offer mermaid classes from ages six to adult. If you've ever dreamed of being a mer person, these classes are a great way to learn safely, try a tale for the first time, or deepen your existing skill set. Learn breathing techniques, mermaid tricks, how to swim in a tail in monofin, and more. You'll learn some ocean facts, conservation tricks, and spend the entire time smiling and making other people smile too. And if you're looking for a deep sea adventure, come on a pelagic shark dive with me. I'm a dive master and shark safety diver for Go Adventure Hawaii in the iconic North Shore town of Haleiwa. On this two hour tour, we will free dive with some of the top predators in the ocean, such as the Galapagos sharks, sandbars, tiger sharks. But remember, this is a cageless shark snorkel, so you must be comfortable in open water and deep sea conditions. Can't dive with us in person, but still want to show your support? Then please go to www.mermaidconservation.com, click on the episodes tab, and click on the support the podcast button to donate, or write us a review on our podcast page of your Apple podcast app. We really appreciate your continued support that allows us to bring the magic of Save the Mermaids to you every single week. We truly could not do what we do without you. Okay, you know how we say nature is metal? Always. Um, it's just, it's just the, when we started to domesticate ourselves, we've really taken a step back from the way that things have to survive. Um, I always thought of clownfish as sweet little creatures because of Finding Nemo, but they're kind of like a serial killer's assistant in some ways. What? Yeah. So when we're talking about the symbiotic relationship with them, right, I found this paper that was written that said that clownfish catch prey by swimming onto the reef they'll attract a larger fish that like may or may not want to eat them so it starts to chase the clownfish and they'll lure them back to the anemone the anemone will sting and eat the larger fish leaving the remains for the clownfish isn't that disgusting it's like a lady on the you and everybody's like you know be careful if it's like an apocalypse and there's like a lady with a baby crying on the side of the road and then somebody jumps you that's what the clownfish are doing that's it it's insane but so clever and also i don't know it just the mental image of the anemone and the clownfish feasting on this fish larger than them kind of freaked me out a little bit right and like the clownfish eating the leftover bits of the big fish it's a lot okay (laughs) so not to ruin your beautiful view of nemo but like (laughs) ooh. But also, like, movies really don't get sea creatures right ever, No, I was ever. like, oh, buddy, that's just, it was just, I was, you know, expecting, oh, well, it protects them from predators, and then they assist in whatever way. I wasn't expecting them to, like, lure giant fish to their deaths. Absolute, like, terrifying demise. <laughs> so that is what Nemo does in his spare time when he's not at fish school. When he's not being adorable. Yeah. Okay, so now I have all about 
the clownfish. They're super interesting. Um, they're also known as anemone fish for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, they're sea fish that are a part of the amphri wait, amphiprionine. Nine. Amphiprionine. <laughs> Subfamily. I got there eventually. Uh, it's like trying to say an enemy. <laughs> uh, they have a wide variety of colors and sizes and are found in warmer waters and coral reefs. Um, there are about 30 known species of clownfish. So it's not just the orange guy, like Emo Nemo at the Waikiki Aquarium. He's black and white striped. He's just he's just emo. He's adorable. <laughs> um, while the most well-known type of clownfish has an orange body with white stripes, there are many assorted colors across this subfamily. They range anywhere from yellow to blue. What? Yeah. To red, to black, and even white with spots. So I feel, oh, okay, the spots is new. I feel like I've seen the red ones and I knew that, but I've never I've seen, seen the red and the orange one. and the black. I'd never seen blue. I thought that was super interesting. Uh, their colors and patterns will often depict the subspecies. However, all these varieties are still classified as the well-beloved clownfish. Aren't they adorable? So pretty. The blue are like the prettiest ones. I don't know why we don't talk about them more. We need to. Oh. They're blue. Oh. <laughs> um, so clownfish live in the warm waters of sheltered reefs and shallow seas in the Pacific and Indian Oceans. During the winter, they will migrate to deeper water to stay warm. Um, schools of clownfish have a strict hierarchy with the most aggressive female being the queen, mm -hmm. the leader on top. That makes sense. I thought that was interesting. Uh, also, they're hermaphrodites. Really? Did you know that? No. I didn't know that. Um, meaning they contain both male and female reproductive organs. In fact, when clownfish hatch from their eggs, all of them are born male. So every baby clownfish is a guy. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Um, out of the freshly laid group, the second largest fish will become, wait, wait, wait. The largest fish will become the dominant female. And the second largest fish will then be the dominant male chosen as her like main partner. What? Yeah, so whoever's the biggest becomes the lady boss. Becomes a lady? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if the dominant female dies within the school uh, of fish, the dominant male, so the largest male, will then switch sexes, and he will then become the dominant female. That is so cool. Yeah, their hierarchy is intense. That's dope. Yeah. So kind of <laughs> similar. We talked about this with parrotfish, too, like in their harem. If if the male dies in their harem, one of the, like, four or so females, one of, the biggest one of them will become the new male. Yeah. But it's opposite. It's the female. That's so mean. Right? The ocean is so cool. It's so cool. We don't I have just, anything like that up here. And it's weird because usually in terms of biology, you want to have a lot of feet. Like one male can impregnate a lot of females. Mm -hmm. Right? But this one... There's only one female in a lot of males. I thought that was so interesting. That is interesting. But don't they have... No, because she'll lay eggs, uh -huh. right? Yeah. And I'll get into that in a second. Okay. Um, so these fish live in large groups of male fish that contain a dominant female and a dominant male. So it's like a main power couple and then the rest of their <laughs> friends. Clan. Yeah. Their clan. Uh, they communicate through a series of popping and clicking noises, which they use both for defense and to declare their social status within the group. They're like, hey, boy, bow down. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I want to hear this real bad. I know. When paired, clownfish form particularly close bonds with whoever they choose to mate with. Um, so they're intense little babies. Aww. Not all anemones are clownfish friendly. Fun fact. Uh, there are over 1,000 anemone species, and only 10 of those can coexist with clownfish. What? Only 10 of them. 
but we just as humans always see them together so we just assume like all of them but it's yeah. not only 10 species uh can coexist with clownfish even the only um even then only certain pairs of clownfish and anemones are compatible uh like i said they're omnivores they eat dead anemone tentacles so help clean him up leftovers from the anemone which means the animal that they lure <laughs> to their death plankton mollusks zooplankton phytoplankton small crustaceans and various algae oh they eat a lot of stuff yeah they're just chompy little guys wow okay yeah on average okay so now here we'll talk about the eggs a dominant female clownfish will lay anywhere from 100 to 1000 eggs although the median count is usually said to be around 600 so right in the middle once the eggs are laid the female will swim off leaving the dominant male to do the egg sitting so the boys in control usually they're the they're the 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 babysitters babysitters um if he finds that any eggs are infertile or damaged in any way he will eat them oh my god so <laughs> wait a minute yeah so finding nemo shouldn't have ever happened eaten nemo in the real world oh i just am like picturing that scene where he like looks through and he finds that one egg and it's like lifts oh, it over that's ruined he would have eaten them yeah and Marvin would have become a female because he lost his wife. Yeah. Like the dominant wife, he would have become a female and he would have eaten Nemo. Movie over. I know. <laughs> um, oh, I wrote in my notes, this is nothing like finding Nemo. <laughs> uh, once the eggs are hatched, they are no longer reared or raised by their parents. Instead, they are sent out to start their own journey. However, they will almost always stay within a school. So they like to be around mm. other um, clownfish. Just not with their family. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. They're intense, right? Weird fish. When I researched this, I was like, very, a lot of left turns that I did not expect. Uh, okay, so while some animals tend to live longer in captivity due to extra care, this is not the case for the clownfish, which I found interesting because you see them in captivity all the time. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it is more common for a clownfish to live longer in the wild than it is in captivity. On average, a wild clownfish can live anywhere from six to ten years. However, a clownfish that is in captivity usually lives from three to six years. Oh, that's way shorter. Way shorter. Uh, Wild-caught clownfish that are then put into captivity tend to die sooner due to the stress of catching and transport. So they tend to get stressed easy. So if they're born in an aquarium, it's a lot easier on them mentally than one that has been taken from the wild, like Nemo, and then put into an aquarium. So that movie was just... Yes. Taking a lot of yeah, a lot of liberties. They did not have a marine biologist um, letting them know if any of it was truthful. Nope. It was not truthful. No, nope, not at all. Oh, this was another fun fact. I'm just coming at you today. <laughs> I told you you'd like clownfish. Yeah, these are way cooler than an enemy. <laughs> uh, while many people think clownfish got their name strictly because of their colors, that's not the case. Instead, it is mostly because of their personalities and behaviors. Yay! Yeah, clownfish are very territorial fish, and they will defend both their habitat and their school. They will begin to swim around erratically in their defense, which usually looks super silly. Yeah, so they're really, really angry. Um, but we find that adorable. adorable. <laughs> this quirky behavior is what gave them their unique name. That's so interesting. They look like they're like, <laughs> like throwing their little fins around. And then secret, they're like, <laughs> so mad. 
Uh, okay, so last but not least, IUCN. Uh, though clownfish are not highly threatened, their populations have decreased in some areas. This is because they make up 43% of the global marine ornamental trade. Mm. So people really like to have clownfish um, with 75% of these fish captured from the wild. 75%. So that's not sustainable. So if you're going to have these in an aquarium, best way to get them would be from somebody who has them reproducing in an aquarium already. And there are some really good ones out there. You can always uh, find Hillary waterlogged. Mm-hmm. on Instagram. Uh, she knows a lot about the aquarium trade and making sure that it's uh, viable, you know. Uh, but yeah, 75% right now. That's a ton. 75. Yeah. Out of all of the, how many there are. Um, this means in exploited areas, it massively reduces their population density and can mess up their social hierarchies Yeah, for obvious reasons. Oh, wow. Clownfish. Clownfish are cool. I know. <laughs> I love it. And Finding Nemo is just not no. what it not at all. I'll never be able to look at that the same way. Like when I found out that they ate them, I just <laughs> like the first 30 seconds ends the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not true. Be like, oh, well, Marvin becomes a woman. And while he's doing that, he eats Nemo. Yep. He eats his last egg because it's got a scratch. Yep. Roll credits. Yep. There wouldn't have been a Finding Dory. No. Oh, Disney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So that was really fun for me to research. So thank you, best friend month. Yay. (laughs) Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids podcast community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Mermaids!